This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about college football. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DSW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. This is our first college podcast of the fall. And joining me on the road now, somewhere between Texas, I want to say Texas, somewhere between Austin and College Station, our own Chuck Carlton. Hi, Chuck. How are you? Hey, on that scenic drive between College Station and Austin, and yes, in the background, you can hear the sound of rubber against asphalt here. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be driving by the uh, Bastrop uh, Hampton Inn probably an hour where there was the uh, the famous uh, Tom Herman Greg Finvis meeting uh, a couple years ago. So. How about that? That is great. Boy, they, they probably got a plaque up there by now, don't they? Oh, yeah, it's a historical site, I think. Uh, you know, Greg, Greg Abbott dedicated that after the Sugar Bowl. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That was a big win. All right, Chuck, so we're looking at the Big 12 this year, and we're going to talk about A&M as well. Uh, it's been an interesting non-conference schedule so far for, uh, for the Big 12. You had some... Uh, you had Kansas winning a couple of games, going on the road and beating Boston College. You had... K-State going on the road and beating Mississippi State. I mean, that was a big win for Chris Kleiman. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, we've had some things that were not as good on the, on the other side of that spectrum. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the Big 12 and something that, I, that you and I were talking about just a minute ago in which you think that the, the, the gimme wins that you might have pro- projected going into the season aren't there right now. Yeah, I, I think you have to, given the – I mean, it's, it's hard to read. I mean, Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina, which not, – and not in baseball, you know, right. in, in actual tackle football. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you uh, – uh, Chuck, are you there? Benjamin, we've lost Chuck. Says he's still connected, but... Well, let's see here. Chuck, well, we're going to uh, – Benjamin, why don't you try to get Chuck back here, and I'll go ahead and, and talk about a little bit about that until we do. Uh, that uh, What uh, Chuck was talking about is what's going on with Kansas, Les Miles, in his first year there, of course, and uh, he brings a lot to the table. He's a very different cat, uh, and, uh, and maybe he has raised expectations somewhat there. They have a good running game. Uh, they can they can do some things. Uh, uh, I, I don't. That's not going to be a factor, obviously, at the top of the Big Twelve. But it is going to be a factor for some teams in the middle. Uh, so, uh, have we, Benjamin? Are, does it sound like we got Chuck back? Chuck, are you there? No, we're calling, but we don't have anything. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, let's try this again here. 
Why don't we? Why don't we? Do, why don't we start all over? Pause it. Yeah. Yes. All right. Good to go. All right. All right. We had a little little technical problem there. Chuck hit a, a dead cell spot, which uh, there's probably a lot of those between uh, Austin and College Station. Uh, but Chuck, we were talking about uh, Kansas and and uh, and the possibilities that they bring under Les Miles. What uh, are they? Is this a typical kind of Les Miles team? Uh, big on the running game, big on defense, a little short at uh, quarterback. That's what you would assume. I mean, it looked like they were running a totally different offense against Boston Colors than they were against Coastal Carolina. I mean, you don't know. I mean, they still haven't gone full Big 12, you know, with the with the air raid type concepts, all that sort of thing. But, uh, hey, they're they're doing more than what we've seen. You know, there's, there's a sign of life there in Kansas football, and, and it's not against Texas. So, yeah, it's a uh, – um, you know that was kind of your your given win, and uh, and what Chris Kleiman and K State did at uh, Mississippi State that was a big boy football game, very physical uh, uh, against a team that won eight eight games last year, and you know K State made the plays on the special teams, outlasted them in the fourth quarter on the road. Give Chris Kleiman a lot of credit. I mean, I predicted he would uh, lose. You know, more games this year than he did in his entire tenure at North Dakota State, which was like six. Um, and that may not be a good prediction. You know, that looks like it's not going to be uh, an easy team to prepare for. And if, if nothing else, it's going to be a team I think it's going to take, you know, a bit of a, a physical toll when you play them, too. Another side of the that that just seems like a team to me. If if Chris Kleiman was going to go anywhere in the Big Twelve, where he would get a, uh, an immediate buy-in, it was probably K State because of what Bill Snyder did there, uh, and uh, and because of the style of play. Not only the style of play, but the discipline that's required uh, to play under Bill Snyder. That that was probably going to be a place that it could work. Oh, exactly. And if hey, if you can recruit to Fargo, you can probably recruit to the Little Apple as well. Um, and it, just as a thought experiment, you know, I, I was thinking this when he got the job, and we're familiar with North Dakota State from, uh, you know, you know, the playoff appearances in Frisco and that sort of thing. Um, but my, my thing was if you took um, the top 20 players off last year's K-State roster and then added that to the 65 scholarship players at North Dakota State, how competitive could you be in the Big 12 if that is the roster? You know, taking guys like Dalton Reisner from last year and guys like that from K-State off a team that, you know, was 5-7, and seven, and then throwing all the coaches. <laughs> Chuck's breaking up on us again. Uh, Chuck, uh, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit, and maybe we can get your uh, cell back uh, a little bit better. Uh, let's move over into the – to the teams from Texas uh, and how they've done so far. Uh, specifically, we just the, the news out of Lubbock is not good. Alan Bowman is going to be out for a while with a shoulder injury. Bless his heart, he just had one issue after another out at uh, Texas Tech, the quarterback from Grapevine. When he's healthy, he's really good. Uh, he's ranked in the top ten in the nation right now in a couple of different categories. But he's going to be out for a, or a little while now. Uh, does that mean that Jet Duffy is going to be the, the quarterback now at Tech? Chuck's out. 
Chuck is still out. He's gone again. All right, Chuck's gone again. We're going to try to get him back here in a minute. Uh, the situation they have at Texas Tech at quarterback, uh, Jet Duff, Duffy normally would step in. He may not be the answer, though, for that coaching staff uh, where what Matt Wells is, is trying to, to do out there. You know, Chuck brought up something a minute ago talking about how these uh, uh, how have these teams like uh, it's Kansas going to be the typical Big 12 air it out kind of team. I'm wondering, though, if uh, if the identity of the league is starting to shift a little bit, at least in the middle part. Um, Oklahoma's going to still do what it does under Lincoln Riley, and that's just been phenomenal now to have, for the third year in a row, a guy who's a candidate Hello. for a Heisman Trophy. Chuck Carlton of the Dallas Morning News. Well, that's, that's Chuck, but that's unfortunately not the, the Chuck that we want. That's canned Chuck. Uh, and so uh, we're going to still try to get Chuck back to talk a little bit more about the, the Big 12. Uh, until he uh, gets back, though, I want to talk about uh, the fact that uh, Sam Ellinger has uh, has had an, a nice start, uh, but Texas is still struggling uh, to put together uh, everything that uh, that Tom Herman is trying to do, uh, uh, and it has not been the it is not. Taking that step. Texas is not back. Let me just say that. Uh, Texas is close. Uh, you know, Texas here and there is capable of, of winning a big game. We saw that last year in the Sugar Bowl. We saw that against Oklahoma last year. But it is not ready to make the kind of run to put it in the uh, in the college football playoff. Uh, at least we haven't seen that yet. Uh, I, I think now from the, from the looks of things and what uh, Oklahoma has been able to do, with Jalen Hurts taking over that offense, he hasn't missed a beat. Uh, he looks every bit as good as he did in his prime at Alabama, and in his prime was probably two years ago. Uh, and he is uh, putting up big numbers. He's doing things that uh, that even Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray didn't do for the Sooners, and they both won Heisman trophies. Could he win a Heisman? Uh, yes, I think I think that's certainly possible. I think it's going to be really hard for him, though, to beat out uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I think that Trevor Lawrence uh, has, has not been terrific so far this year. He's just looked pretty average for a guy with his uh, skill set. Uh, I was at that uh, A&M-Clemson game. If Kellen Mond had played any kind of game at all, if he'd played like he did against Clemson last year, I think Hello. that the Aggies could have made uh, the, uh, an upset there, uh, which would have been, uh, in my mind, uh, as big, certainly would have rivaled uh, what Johnny Manziel did in Tuscaloosa. Uh, and if he could have, uh, if Kellen had, had played like he's capable of playing, I certainly think Clemson was ripe for an upset that day. Um, it was a close game, even with him playing so poorly. Uh, I think that the Aggies have have a have a really good defense. I think that uh, they are capable on offense. I'm not sure why Kellen Mond was not running in that game, and he really hasn't done it much since then. If you're gonna, if if he's gonna be your quarterback instead of Nick Starkle, who is now at Arkansas. Uh, the difference between them, uh, to me, is that uh, Kellen Mond is a lot more athletic than Nick Starkle is, and gives you a, something that uh, uh, that that's pretty valuable in college football these days. Uh, if he's not going to run, though, then what are you taking advantage of? Uh, he he's a pretty good passer, not a great passer. Uh, 
So he, he needs to be running. Uh, he, he needs to look a little bit more like Jalen Hurts and what he does for Oklahoma uh, than what he's doing right now. And I'm not, really, uh, I'm not really understanding exactly what it is that Jimbo Fisher is wanting to do with him there. Uh, it, it would seem to me that that's more of an element you'd want from him. He's not a good enough passer to stand back in the pocket and beat teams that way, not good teams. Uh, and I think that was pretty clear against Clemson. Uh, and he's going to face a lot of good teams in the SEC West this year, as usual. Um, so uh, it, it, we, we were talking about uh, Texas Tech as well and what Matt Wells was trying to do there uh, in Lubbock. If he could uh, get another really good season of Alan Bowman, then that was going to really speed up what they were uh, trying to do because they, they want to be much better on defense. And I think they had the potential to be pretty decent on defense. Hello. And is, and is that Chuck Carlton? Is he back? Yeah, I I, I sound like I was radioing, radioing my position from the you know Pacific <laughs> Theater or something like that. Yeah, ah, Chuck, it's great to have you back. I moved all around the the, the diamond here. I went uh, I went to Oklahoma. I talked a little bit about Texas. I was I was talking about Texas Tech uh, and uh, and what uh, Matt Wells is trying to do there. Uh, but let's let's go straight to Texas uh, and and talk about uh, the Longhorns. My point uh, about the Longhorns is that uh, they are not back yet. They're not at least back to the level that they want to be. They're capable of pulling off a, a big win like they did against Oklahoma last year, like they did in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, those were clearly big wins for the program. But until they get to a point where they can reel off six, seven, eight wins in a row, uh, I'm not going to pronounce Texas as back. No, and and I remember having a conversation with with ESPN's Ryan McGee, who was in town for the Louisiana Tech game, kind of scout out Texas out of LSU, and and we're watching that game, and it's a game Texas won handily, but it was also kind of you know looking at Texas that they were still having to work around stuff. This isn't like some of those vintage Mac Brown teams that were like, you know, you're you're looking at the uh, at the two deep, and you know, more than half those guys are going to be playing in the NFL someday. You know, I mean, Herb Hand has done a great job with the offensive line, but they don't have NFL-ready offensive linemen just yet. Maybe Sam Cosme eventually, but you know, that's still you know somewhere. Again, they're working around stuff. The front seven on defense still working around stuff a little bit. Um, Clearly the secondary, which throw against LSU and will have a big challenge from Tylon, Tylon Wallace, the uh, Bolivnikov finals from Oklahoma State, who's the real deal. So, yeah, these, you know, I, I think part of that is, you know, minimized by the fact that Sam Ellinger has really developed into a, you know, elite college quarterback. And, and even with the injury to Colin Johnson, uh, the hamstring that's bothered him, he's got a lot of weapons. You know, Devin Duvernay is the guy who's really impressing a lot of people this year, coming into his own. I mean, a speed guy with hands. You know, what a concept. And, and, and then a bunch of young guys, Brendan Eagle, Jake Smith, who have stepped up. And if they can find some semblance of, you know, healthy running backs, yeah, this will be a pretty good offense. But it's still not there yet. No, it's not. You know, And you know about Devin Duvernay, he was the – he was the classic case of a guy that was a Baylor uh, uh, 
recruit and a guy that was going to make a difference there. And then when everything hit the fan in Waco, he uh, transferred to Texas. And he was a little slow coming around. Uh, I, I expected him to make a bigger impact uh, quicker than he did. But, yeah, he's making one now, and you're right. Uh, that's, a, that's a big time uh, weapon for Texas to have. But they're going to – right now, Texas just looks like, to me, the classic Big 12 team. Not much defense, a lot of offense, or at least the capability of some high-powered offense – uh, which you, I don't know. That's what any of us really expected from uh, Sam Ellinger, you know, because of you know he's to me he's a lot like Jalen Hurts. He's you know he's a, he's a big guy, a, a very tough runner, a, a, a decent enough passer. Uh, he can he can make some things happen, but uh, that's not really his strength. Uh, and I think he's evolved a little bit uh, past that even. Oh, exactly. I mean, you're. You're looking at uh, what a lot of people thought was a ceiling for Sam Mellinger, and he may be beyond that right now. You know, you look, um, yeah, he missed some throws early in the first half against LSU that he would like to have back, but nails of the second half. Again, Rice, it's hard to tell, but 23 of 27, I mean, that's pretty precise passing for a guy who was supposed to be a runner first coming out of high school and, and, and not a Kyler Murray type runner, but just kind of like a fullback in the sky and uh, give the kid a awful lot of credit and, and look how far he's come from his freshman year where, we, where he was throwing like, you know, key interceptions at the end of regulation and overtime to where he is now with one year to go, you know, I, and actually like, you know, one and a half years of his college career still remains. So, Chuck, I'm going to be down there uh, in Austin on Saturday against when Texas plays Oklahoma State. Uh, what are you seeing for that game? Hey, uh, I, I hope you have a really nice deadline, uh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a six o'clock start. Three and a half, three hours, 45 minutes. This is going to be your typical Big, big 12 game. Uh, I mean, I don't see – Texas shutting down Oklahoma State by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Sanders, uh, an, an awful lot of talent there. Uh, still a bit of a work in progress. But Tuber Hubbard is just a hard-to-tackle guy who's already making Oklahoma State fans. Remember Justice Hill talked about Tylen Wallace, who not only is a guy who can go up and get the ball, even though he's only six foot tall, but once he has it, is just really just dangerous in the open field. Uh, I mean, he's not catching as many balls this year, but still six touchdowns uh, through three games and averaging something like 27 yards of catch. I mean, you know, he, he is scary good. And remember last year, Texas's starting cornerback was suspended for the first quarter at Oklahoma State, and uh, Wallace took advantage against the same guys he's going to be playing against, you know, this year. And, and how much have they improved? And, and how much do they remember that game in Stillwater where uh, Oklahoma State upset Texas last year? Yeah, this is, this is going to be a big game for Texas. Uh, if, if Texas wants to, to make a real uh, statement this year, they're going to have to win this game. Now, obviously, you're at home. Uh, you, you should win this game. But you're right, it's going to be really difficult because of all that offense and because Hubbard has been uh, so good this year. I'll be interested to see – uh, do you think that he might end up being the, the best running back they play against all year? Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin. What, what did you say? I was just moving down to the score holders. 
Oh, I think we're having another problem with Chuck here. Chuck, I was talking about Hubbard, if he might be the best running back that Texas plays against all year. He's awfully good. I mean, you you think about it, and he's going to get the ball a lot more than the backs at Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's a small sample size, but even going back to last year in the bowl game, he was just a hard attack of guy. Now you wonder, uh, you know, what the carries he's getting, he's getting some tough yards, you know, uh, about the durability factor, but uh, right now, okay. I think Chuck is disappearing on us. Chuck, I think we're going to let you go. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on with us. You got some great stuff. Be careful out there on the road. Uh, stop at a Bucky's if you need to get yourself something to drink uh, and, and to get you through for the rest of this. So uh, we we've uh, we had Chuck Carlton on, kinda. Uh, every once in a while, he was there for us. And when he was there, he was really good talking about the Big 12 and the possibilities this year for this college football playoff. Uh, we didn't really get to talk about that. I, w- I do want to just say that uh, that clearly Oklahoma is the leading contender right now uh, for what they can do offensively. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Uh, and they've been very impressive so far this year. Uh, I-, I do think that Oklahoma remains uh, the Big 12's uh, big hope. I wrote before the season started that uh, Texas A&M didn't have to beat Clemson to be in the running for the CFP just because of their, their schedule, which was ranked by ESPN's Power Index, the 11th toughest in the nation. And I think it might have been a little tougher than that, frankly, uh, because they've got to play LSU on the road. Uh, they have to play uh, – they play Alabama at home, which is always hard enough. Um, but they they have a, a very tough schedule. They got Auburn coming up. That they have uh, they have some some really tough games uh, going forward. If they can get through that schedule, uh, I, I think they have uh, a shot uh, at the CFP, a wild card kind of shot. Um, but it's going to be very difficult because coming out of the SEC, as we know, there's always good teams coming. They got Georgia. Uh, that's going to be another difficult game on the road for for uh, A and M. I, I just think that they have a, uh, they they they've got some people and they've got some skill. They've got some uh, they got some talent. I think they've got more talent than than Texas has. I think they're ahead of where Texas is right now overall. Uh, Mon is going to, have to play better though. He's not playing as well as Sam Ellinger is, uh, and Sam is the difference for Texas right now. Um, I, I, I'm probably, a, I'm probably a year early on the Aggies and projecting where they're, they're going to go. I think next year after some of these defensive linemen grow up a little bit, they're going to be a lot better. They're going to have to get a lot better at wide receiver too. They didn't help, uh, Kellen out in that game against, uh, Clemson. Uh, and, and Texas certainly is better offensively, uh, than, than A&M is right now. But I think that those are, are teams that, uh, that at least uh, are trending up. Uh, let, let's say that anyway. All right, that's going to do it for our uh, Colleges podcast. Sorry that we didn't have better uh, um, audio from uh, Chuck Carlton. We're not going to blame that on Chuck. We're going to blame it on the open road uh, down there in uh, south-central Texas. Um, but we appreciate you coming on and listening, and we'll have more next week, and we'll have uh, we'll have better contacts, and we even have people here in the studio that when Chuck's not here, I can toss it back and forth to. But for everybody in here, to everybody out there, I appreciate it, and be sure to tune in on our Rangers podcast as well as our Cowboys podcast, which is coming up shortly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.